0: Brown Girl Radiance celebrates the brilliance of women of color through reflective conversations and stories. I'm your host, Pure Brown Joy. Hello to all of my radiant friends. Since our original recording of this bonus episode, so much has transpired in our nation in terms of a reawakened outcry for justice. I want to say all the names of the countless innocent black people who were slain at the hands of police and racist individuals who think that they have the right to take a black person's life. But I will just say a few names. Ahmad Aubrey George Floyd Breonna Taylor Rashad Brooks Sandra Bland Mike Brown Eric Garner Tamir Rice and Trayvon Martin Unfortunately I could spend hours naming so many more We will continue to exclaim Black Lives matter because it's a statement of fact. Our lives are valuable and for too long, America has upheld its traditions of systematic racism, injustice and discrimination against black people. The impacts of slavery is still pervasive in our lives 400 years later. There's so much more that I want to say, but I will take a moment of silence to honor the black lives that have been lost. We will continue to pray for justice because God is the God of justice. As my pastor has shown us through scriptures for the past few weeks, racism is a demonic spirit that must be uprooted. And quite frankly, it includes uprooting in the church as well. If we look to the character of Christ, he was empathetic towards the pain of others, which is what we need from allies, even if you don't understand, we just need you to recognize that there is a problem with the way that Blacks have been treated in America. On the last episode, we highlighted some epic Instagram battles, and I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out To, first of all, Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond, who took us to church on a Sunday evening and beautifully through music helped to uplift and inspire our community as we look to the Lord for healing. And then I also have to give a shout out to... John Legend and Alicia Keys, who did a beautiful Juneteenth celebration battling side by side with their pianos and in some cases even doing some duets along the way. The final thought that I want to share in regards to justice, activism, and Black Lives Matter is from an Instagram post that I saw from Yvette Nicole Brown that reads as follows. Some are posting on social media. Some are protesting in the streets. Some are donating silently. Some are educating themselves. Some are having tough conversations with family and friends. A revolution has many lanes. Be kind to yourself and to others who are traveling in the same direction. Just keep your foot on the gas. I recently celebrated two years since I first started recording episodes of Brown Girl Radiance. And during everything that has happened... I kept on feeling like I wanted to do more and then I remembered a quote that I heard from a panelist of podcasters uh, who were women of color. One of them said, there is an element of activism intrinsically when you are a woman of color doing a podcast. So I will continue to elevate and celebrate the voices of black women. And hopefully, this episode will bring some levity amidst heaviness. This is part two of our conversation on the queens and kings of quarantine. And this episode focuses on the 10-hour documentary about Michael Jordan and the 1998 Bulls team called The Last Dance. It originally aired on ESPN for five consecutive weeks and then it re-aired on ABC for an additional five weeks. So if you haven't seen it yet, then maybe this conversation will inspire you to go watch it on demand and relive the magic of 90s NBA basketball. If you're not familiar with sports or basketball, then hopefully you'll learn something from this conversation. And if you are a basketball lover, then this episode is for you. The part that makes me most excited is that you get to hear four women passionately discussing basketball because we're not always included in the conversation when it comes to sports. And so this episode is intended to change that narrative. June is normally the time for the NBA Finals. And the NBA has announced that they will resume their current season in a very non-traditional way in July. So we will stay tuned for that. This episode keeps the same loose, lighthearted tempo of part 1. So, just sit back, relax, reminisce, and hopefully laugh at some point along the way. I am honored and excited to welcome back to Brown Girl Radiance podcast my fellow basketball enthusiast, Alicia Gina and Khalifa. Let's dive in. In the second half of the Queens and Kings of quarantine, I am so excited uh, to be able to talk about The Last Dance, uh, which was an epic love letter to 90s basketball in the Michael Jordan era. It chronicled the last seasons of the Bulls dynasty as they were um, on their way to their second three-peat. And I loved that the storytelling was not precisely linear. Um, they interreaved the past and the future. Um, so the past could have been like the 80s and then, you know, the future was more like something in the 90s or, uh, you know, just kind of telling the story in multiple layers and they also established the characters in terms of their backstories and key players for the success of the franchise. So we are going to start with um, the first two episodes. It was a 10 hour <laughs> documentary um, and they released the episode in pairs and had us on the edge of our seats every Sunday night <laughs> from nine to 11. So just to start it off, so the first two episodes helped to lay the foundation um, in terms of Michael Jordan's uh, collegiate career at University of North Carolina, and, um, and then him ultimately right before his senior year consulting with his family and his coach. And he decided to enter the NBA as the third draft pick. Uh, we're also introduced to the character of Jerry Krause, who was the general manager for the Bulls. And, uh, we also learned, uh, Scotty Pippen's, uh, origin story, as well as, uh, uh information in terms of his, um, his pay in comparison to others um, when he contributed so much to the team. So, ladies, first of all, as a lover of basketball, I I just love talking about basketball um, at any time, but I think that, you know, this documentary um, allows us to talk about basketball at a very treasured moment. Um, in the league, and to be able to talk about it with other women is even more exciting. So, just want to hear from you any any thoughts or observations or learnings from the first two episodes. He was a simple
1: guy from North <laughs> yeah, Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. And, uh, you know, it definitely it definitely showed how through life your experiences definitely mature you and um, make you more professional. <laughs> I think just his, him being green, you know, like just a lover of the sport at that time. He wasn't, he was Mike Jordan. Isn't that what he was called in college? And then, yeah, you know, Mike. and then, and then, you know, after that fateful game, he turned into Michael Jordan, um, so it was interesting to see Mike Jordan. We've heard the stories and possibly seen a couple of clips, but to really dive deeper into who Mike was, was um, definitely interesting to see. Yeah. The
2: letter
3: to his mom. The letter to his yeah. mom. Amazing yeah. too. Yes. That's what I was like. Oh, cause every college, all of us, can you send Where me you a care deal? package? <laughs> ah, I need somebody. I need somebody on this lunch. Um, but no, I thought it was nice to, um, because you hear stories, but it was a nice introduction into who Mike was, but also just his family and, like, you know, at least alluded to the simple life, like, from North Carolina. Um, I think he came from um, very moderate, but, like, but humble. Yeah, middle age. age. But yeah, but middle class, so it wasn't like he grew up uh, wanting, but they didn't have a lot. But I think his um, – it definitely was – the peak into his determination. Right. So he took his passion and his love and then he, whatever I think if it had been music, he would have excelled, but it happened to be a sport and basketball, but he wasn't, you know, like the best basketball player. In fact, his brother was better than him. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I, thought yeah. so- nice I thought it was nice. Yeah. I thought it was nice to just get a glimpse into before Michael Jordan was, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking it back to you know um where it all started so yeah i think his passion though really and that determination kind of set the tone for the rest of his career but he happened to be an okay basketball player with grit and you know tenacity to like be the best at what he was doing at that time so yeah episode one and two was definitely a great kind of way to set it up um for gosh the next eight
0: episodes which were yeah I feel like I learned, um, like so much about him, those little like facts that I didn't know, like, uh, for example, the same year that he was drafted into the NBA. Uh, and first of all, he, I, didn't, I don't think I realized that he was the third round, uh, third pick, not that it really like
1: matters. He wasn't the, I
0: think, no, but, but he, he wasn't the first. first. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, kind of surprising. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but at that time, which, you know, they, they talk about is that it was all about kind of, you know, that center having, you know, a really tall guy. In fact, there's a, a quote I was, I was watching, uh, rewatching part of the first episode, actually last night before watching like the final two. Cause I just kind of wanted to like jog my memory, you know, kind of book ending. And, um, and I wrote down this quote uh, from, walt frazier he said he's not seven foot so he's not going to carry a team and um and uh so obviously (laughs) he ended up being proved wrong but even at a young age for you know michael to have the type of like commitment that he had like you know that story he tells about going to the hotel one evening and, you know, finding his teammates engaged in all kinds of things. Um, but yeah, at that time, okay, you know. Tell
2: all, tell all.
0: Yeah. Okay. He, right. And he just was so, like, I mean, disciplined, right? He, like, at the time he, at the time he didn't drink, um, he's never, he says he's never, you know, done drugs. He just, like, rested. And, and he also recognized very early on, um, once he did get into the league, that he, would have to earn their respect basically you know through his skill um and so he said uh so i wrote down this quote that he said i had no voice and no status so um i had to do it with the way that i play and then basically they showed like they said Within like two weeks of him, you know, uh, being on the roster and just seeing his performances in the games, they realized that he actually was the the best player on the team.
2: I like the fact that when he came in, he didn't come in like cocky or ignorant, right. anything like that. He just came in as his person. So he never talked that stuff. He showed through his actions, and that's what I like. A lot of players come in just want to talk anything. But he didn't come. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show y'all. I'm going to be humble and be respectful. I'm going to show you guys. And that's what I liked. Can we talk about Scottie Pippen's pay? <laughs> like, run.
0: Well, I'll, I'll say this. Okay. So basically, was Scottie Pippen was, was very much, you know, underpaid at that time. Uh, he was the sixth highest player on the Bulls roster and <laughs> the 122nd <laughs> Highest player, uh, paid player in the league. So,
2: and you want to know, you want to see, like, when he came in, who was his? Someone said, who was his angel? Who was his guidance? Who was there to sign this contract? Because it was like they was let him out to the wolves. No one was there to back him up. No one had his back. So when he signed up, yeah, I mean, you're a young kid. You don't know what's right or what's wrong. And then you have a family. His history, this whole history about how his, both of his, two, it was one of his dad had illness and his brother had an illness. Two family members, had yeah. all these families that he had to take care of. Twelve, just, I think. Think about twelve. with his family, not the whole contract. I and mean, you think about it, it's like, really? Jerry
3: Cross, you knew what you were doing. I blame you. You knew what you, you took mm-hmm. advantage of that. And yeah. I don't respect that. Well, and it just, so- Takeaways from that, yes, Scotty. I think, and you can't even call it naive today. We could call it naive, but back then, I do think they were taking advantage, right, um, of this skill and this player who um, you just don't know what you don't know. And maybe he—I don't know. I didn't do the research, but maybe he did have an agent. Maybe he didn't. Maybe his agent wasn't, you know, notable or cream of the crop. Had never done it. Um, You just don't know what you don't know, excuse me, but I do think, to your point, yeah, they did take advantage of him in that sense, Um, and it all goes to, like, negotiating, right? Either you know how to negotiate or you don't, you know when to negotiate or you don't, Um, and obviously, um, Scotty was used as a pawn in that situation, Um, or devil's advocate i don't know if they maybe seen potential in him but they didn't think that he would perform on the level that he did that could have also been the case right like well he's has potential but he might be the sixth man or he might be the eighth man that goes in um but I think once he started to prove himself, yeah, they should have did right by him. They should have gave him spot bonuses. or But no, they stood whole, true to that contract. So in essence, I hope that he learned from that and paid it forward uh, to other upcoming athletes. Like, make sure you read the fine print or make sure you're able to negotiate. But I think truly at that time, they took advantage. He just didn't know what he didn't know, right? Like, he signed this long-term contract, thinking family and stability um, and... He was kind of locked in, right? Um, now yeah, could I Jerry Krause like could have
1: done better? Of course. I liken it to the TLC. Um, oh, yes. Their thing. So yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, everyone had different, obviously different agents, different experiences, contracts and all of that. But, you know, even today, I mean, I, I read an article about NBA players today during this quarantine. There's only a handful in the NBA that have this particular contract that was signed by the players union where they will continue to get paid if they don't play games. Right. The rest of the league will not get paid if they don't play games. So I think even today you still have players and contracts that are, you know, mind boggling. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's just, it's even more shocking for us because we're like, wait a minute. But he was second to Michael Jordan and, you know, how could that be on the same team or whatever? It's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles, I think, you know, it just, he just had a really bad agent when he first signed and and locked in. his parents didn't know it either. Well, and it's all about
3: knowledge, right? So not to get off subject, but it's no different than politics and, and, and tax loopholes so i'm sure many of you know we could be reaping more benefits but we just don't know what we don't know where do you you just don't right and how do you get that knowledge um back then and even in our culture it's almost like if you don't share it if you don't know um then how would you know how would you find out um and how did he find out besides was it the media of what everybody else was making right versus what his contract was
2: yeah no no no
3: not the owner i'm talking scotty because the owner oh they know that's their right like that's their bread and butter of course but how did scotty find out when and was it through the media like wow you're getting paid this you know what i mean that probably was probably the most hurtful moment for him like wait you're getting paid what and you know um and at that point he was already in it
1: I I read an interesting article today that Scotty is not too happy with the last dance, particularly because of the salary mention and just the way it kind of portrayed. Um, But as the article pointed out, everything that was portrayed was in Scotty's own words. That was him talking about he didn't go in, you know, when Phil asked him to go in for that play. That was him talking about, you know, I'm going to get surgery in the fall and enjoy my summer, <laughs> you know. So it wasn't it wasn't a manipulation of editing. It was literally Scotty telling his story. But I just found it interesting that um, he they said he was uh, troubled by the by the last dance. It kind of made me sad too that you know this is such a monumental moment again um, in quarantine history, and everyone is just so hyped and excited. I don't think our takeaway from it was pity on Scotty, except for the salary debacle. <laughs> but right. we still understood, we still understood, and probably had even more admi- admiration for him of being that wingman for Michael and really appreciating what that team, right. you know. I, yeah. I think I had more appreciation for Scotty.
0: Absolutely, watching,
1: and, and I always was, thought and his, our I with himself.
0: And and also, I would say too, not to not to jump too far ahead, but I thought that it actually did a great job of of showing how much of a team player he was, especially mm. you know if you fast forward to the last episode when he basically is having all this extreme back pain, and he mm. continues mm. to, to go into the game. So I, I say that to say I think that overall the the documentary did a, a great job of telling, I would say, a very balanced story of who, you know, he was as a player. And it really did shine a light on the fact that he was the number two man, even during that time that he decided he was going to have the surgery, the Bulls were not winning without him. And right. um, and so I think we did need to to see that. And like you said, I think, you know, after the second episode, it was kind of, you know, really interesting to see that he was underpaid but in reality the truth is long term in his career he ended up being totally fine um I think it was just a um a a, I guess you could say a cautionary tale kind of as you all have mentioned about you know when you're entering into different contracts etc because in theory you know because of his performance they you know should have probably gone back and amended it but right? So they're they're gonna say, you know, this is what it is. I also read an article that said nowadays something like that would not happen because number one, they don't um, sign contracts that are that long, and number two, um, they normally will um, evaluate them more on performance as well. So,
2: and I think they said in the documentary that he didn't play ball. He didn't have a scholarship until he went to college. And that's when he picked up the ball and someone was like, oh, we need extra players," So he just happened to be on the team. So it wasn't like he was this great basketball player because he didn't play ball like that until he got to college. So I can understand like you get that one contract. But then you want to keep going and going. It's like, okay, he did his part. Now, come on, change his contract. But teach his own. So I thought that was incredible that he didn't have that backup, that practicing. But then as soon as he picked up the ball he learned from it, who can ever? Who can say that? So he has a story, and I think that's b- unbelievable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and the other things that um, that it brought out was um, when when Michael Jordan went up against Larry Bird and the Celtics uh, during the playoffs. Now they did end up <laughs> losing the series, uh, but. It was, it, it really shined a light on the respect that that Larry Bird had for Michael, um, even mm-hmm. as a young player. And there's a quote uh, that that they mentioned in the special where Larry Bird says that it was God disguised as Michael Jordan when talking about his performance. So, Why I, mean, G- I think that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Black, oh Black- yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> You're right. Fast forward to <laughs> Reggie Miller's quote, "Black Jesus." Yeah, that was funny. Um, so, so yeah, just I, 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 enjoyed like seeing that sequence play out because again, I think when that particular the series took place, I was probably um, too too young to to really um, watch it and be able to you know um, receive it in the same way that I can now. And then the last thing I will say, uh, so Jerry Krause, the GM, uh, what, do we, what do we think about him?
2: Jerry Krause is not on my, on my he's on my hit list, just like Kara Malone and Reggie Miller. He <laughs> as well is on my, my hit list because in a day, I mean, you can't pay people, but yet you're greedy. You don't want to pay their amount, but you're greedy. But he's, very, you know what? but he was very smart and intelligent and knew how to pick them. So I give him that though. He's smart and knew how to like think. He strategic. could build, a team.
3: He could build yes, a, team. He a team. Yes, he built a team. He built yeah. a team and that's what you do. You build for success. And at the end of the day, he, because at the end of, I get what you're saying, Gina. I think we're all with you. He, but he's a yeah. businessman, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So whether they don't have to be ethical and um as far as why they do what they do now reporting and all of that yes but at the same time they all get paid i mean michael jordan all of them they were out getting beat up busting their ankles busting their knees backs right and he's gonna get paid regardless he's gonna get paid regardless so he did his job now did he do his job to be likable? No. And I think that will translate in many of our roles today, right? Like, you don't have to like their boss, but you right, they do what they do, and they're good at what they do, right? Um, so I do give him, I applaud him for being able to build teams, effective teams, winning teams, um, but you don't have to like someone, slash, you know, in order to get things done, and, and everybody benefited, right, from what he kind of his um actions or his maneuvers um i think phil again again they were he kind of put phil into position because who else was skeptical of him right there was somebody else that was like i don't know about this little country boy or you know this little hippie kind of guy he was like no just give him a chance just give him a chance so um with all his good there was some you know um uh, masterful behind the scenes he knew what he could do Right, like he knew that Phil was a good coach. He knew which players to bring on board. Did he do it the way that probably people appreciated No, but At the end of the day, everybody won because when you know and he won. He, he won the most because again, he wasn't out there on the court sweating and everything else but um he picked winning teams, right? Um, but he was and he's a, just a grimy too.
1: Like yeah. for every Harry Krause, they're they're probably one on every NBA team. There's Absolutely. probably they're still in the league, they're in the NFL, MLB, yeah, just a know, hustler. I mean, yep. A grimy hustler. That's, yeah. that's the backside of sports. We see the players and we have adam admiration and we connect to them, but that backside is the business. And that's what I enjoyed seeing from the last dance was that business side in terms of how they really have to juggle that. Like not only are you an athlete and you have to go out and win games, it's your job, but you've also got the business side too. And Michael had the biggest on his shoulders. He was Michael Jordan. He was the face. Nike was pretty much built on Michael Jordan, you know, like his fame. So I can't imagine that pressure that he had to fill for 20 years almost, you know? Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, we're we going to get to that right? in a minute. So hold hold, hold, it, right? hold that thought. Um, I will say, too, uh, in regards to Jerry Krause, I think that while he was good at his job in terms of building the team, his downfall, which they mentioned, was the insecurity um, in terms of, Needing recognition. Like, instead of being able to just celebrate, like, you know, this amazing team that he built, he was looking to get the same level the accolades. of accolades.
3: That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I agree. Yeah. And that could away. have been his demise, right? Like, just imagine again if they all, well, not imagine, they did it and they bonded together for the love of the game um and brotherhood and team and camaraderie and sports you're right like um but had he had it been up to if it were him or fail right they wouldn't play right so i do agree with you um in that sense uh,
2: i definitely see it as because they weren't up to the part for the organization and he even said organizations don't win championships but if you think about it that is why everyone had to stick on their own because the organization wasn't looking out for themselves. So True. they had to stick together as the family, be like, look, we can't think about the bosses. We got to think of each other because right now they don't have our backs. And if you think about a company, it's supposed to go from True, up, the up right. mm-hmm. to the bottom. And this, it was like, oh, you over here. So no one was apart until they won a championship. Everything else was like, apart.
1: So. Yeah.
3: He was grimy though. Krause's woo. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: And have we seen any feedback on him? what he, how he felt about this last he dance? I haven't away. seen anything. He
1: yeah. Passed he passed away. He passed away a few years ago.
3: Oh, he did. He a oh, he did. His family yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: So I would say episode two, or excuse me, one and two definitely, um, Got us very excited. Like if they had released all of the episodes that night, <laughs> we probably would <laughs> yeah. have watched all ten hours. Like crazy people. But, Everyone I mean, screaming. But it was screaming for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just masterful storytelling. So moving on to episodes three and four, ladies, I'm just going to say two names, and I think it'll be enough for us. The first one, Dennis Rodman. And Phil Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Two uh, polar opposites, but I think two dynamic characters. Dynamic. Uh, Yes. Horse feels of their own, for sure.
3: (gasps) Can we just talk about Dennis? (laughs) Can we just, wait. So, I, I appreciate Dennis. Like, back then, you know, and I guess the older you get, the more you just become into your own. And I think for me, my confidence has built, you know, the older I get, I'm more confident. And I'm like, back then I was like, he is just crazy. And I remember all of that, right? All the controversy. And and now I'm looking back and I'm like, he gave a hundred percent when he, he did his job. He did his job at a hundred percent. Who cares what he did on his own time? so that he was mentally able to perform his job. Right. Like, but I, it took years now till now for me to understand that. And you talk about having a voice and I appreciate him saying, I wish that people Scotty or anyone didn't care about what people I, I admire now. I didn't appreciate it then, but I admire him now. Like he delivered. Right. Um, Not only was he a force on the Pistons, but, that's why he was recruited and retained to the bulls right and there would not be a 96 97 98 wow. championship without oh, Dennis right. rodman as eclectic right. as bizarre as out there as everybody thought he was i mean he delivered and i really appreciate it and then i'll pass the baton but he was so masterful in the way that he studied players, that's how you know he had a craft, he had a gift, right? Like he would study how many times a person, like how many, the flick of their wrist or, you know, how many dribbles they took before they would shoot. I mean, who does, what defensive player do you know does that, right? And I'm like, and he had it. He had, he's brilliant, right? He was just weird, what we call weird, but I appreciate that he was himself and he didn't care. He did not care. And he was like, Look, if you want my talent, you're going to have to put up with all this other stuff. And they needed him. So I applaud Dennis Rodman, even though he's quite interesting.
1: Well, I think when when people sometimes have such great intelligence and they're on that spectrum, they also exude that greatness and other ways of creativity as well, too. And I think that's what Dennis Rodman, like he's so... He's probably more brilliant than we even know, but that also exudes its way into his creativity and his um, lack of discipline in his personal life. And I, I think it was so controversial at the time because anytime you have a sports figure that doesn't fit the mold, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the cookie cutter, he's not the, the poster boy or whatever. He was doing reckless behavior. Let's you know, just put it out there, like going to Vegas and God knows what, and wearing wedding gowns. And I mean, he was he was not your typical role model that society wanted to put you know, post him up as. Um, and I think even if he was around today, he'd still probably be met with some of the same criticism, doing some of the same stuff. But like you said, he he did his job. Did they have to? twist his arm sometimes to come and do his job. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was the frustrating thing um, about it. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day he he garnered respect from everyone. And he wouldn't have been the big name that he was if he didn't have that respect. I think everyone saw what a mastermind he was on the court. And that's why he was given the allowance to go and do the things that he did. Even though sometimes they were like, "Oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that?" But you're still helping us. He didn't win games. conform, you right? Great. Yeah, I, you're, yeah. You're,
3: you're he didn't still. Conform. And I think he was present in everything he did, whether it was skipping to Vegas or mm-hmm. being part of the biker, Like he was present. <laughs> right. I
1: see court and <laughs> ball. He was present, right? But he How also mean? he also has a lot of demons. I mean, let's let's not paint Dennis as you know oh. who you know <laughs> he's you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's so creative and great and he's not conforming he has a lot of demons and um you know i think his and life here his tragic and upbringing and i think yeah. that thoughts through a lot of the way absolutely he, absolutely
0: and i love that they yeah.
1: showed.
0: i love that they showed um again like his backstory because it really did kind of help to paint that picture of why he was the way he was and maybe why he was it's sometimes just really looking for attention is what it came down to and i so i loved also seeing him with the pistons because i don't think i remember that about his career i primarily knew dennis rodman as a bulls player so it's pretty cool to see him be on the opposing squad and be a part of that bad boy squad and then see like how you know MJ and Pippen did consider him, you know, they were able to recognize his gift and his talent. And I also forgot that he played, right? Yes, exactly. And I forgot that he played for the Spurs as well um, before coming over to the Bulls and um, well, not to get too far ahead, but it, I, I was reading somewhere that part of the reason why they recruited him is because of, those games that they had in the Jordan Dome when he was filming Space Jam, that Dennis Rodman had come there, um, and so um, that was something that kind of helped seal the deal. Um, and also, too, I I really um, I I love that you know, like you said, he 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 was so brilliant at the game. Like I remember knowing that he was like a top rebounder but i think that what we also got to see is a vulnerable side when he was mj's number two when scotty was out and you could tell he liked being he loved being in that role you know and and he loved that mj was looking to him as his as his number two and then when scotty came back I think it kind of like hurt him a little bit. I mean, he couldn't yeah. say those words, but what he could say is I need a vacation. I need a 48 hour vacation to Vegas. And like you said, growing up, just watching him as a figure, he just seemed like he was just so out there and, and so outrageous. And I mean, and he was, <laughs> um, and and is. And even now, like um, hearing the backstory, uh, the director, like, you know, i shared with you all, there was a show that I would watch and, They would have the director on each week, um, Jalen and Jacoby. And for Dennis Rodman's interview, the director shared that he arrived two hours late. And (laughs) then when he arrived and they were taking the elevator up to the room where they were filming, Dennis Rodman asked him, so what's this for again? <laughs> and and of course the director like starts explaining it to him again, but he's thinking like Dennis actually drove two hours to get to him. And then when they got in the room, uh, or actually when he when, once he explained it to him, Dennis Rodman told him he had 15 minutes. Meanwhile, he has 11 pages of questions to ask. Right. So when they get into the room, Dennis Rodman told him he wanted, a tuna Subway sandwich yep. and chamomile tea, right and away. that was <laughs> and that was like his little <laughs> that was like his little test. And so, of course, they got that for him, and then he ended up being able to get a you know like a three and a half hour interview out of him, and you yeah. know, and he you, there were some moments too that again I felt like we kind of saw that vulnerability as he was reflecting back um, on on his Bulls career, so yeah yeah definitely a multi-layered character. right so, and we will save we'll save his name for when we get to to episodes uh was it episode 10. he he wasn't done surprising us that's for right. sure
2: i just see dennis Rodman as a student that studied never studied and just did straight A's straight ahead and those are the type of people I could not stand because they never studied yep but they always got straight A's. yeah, And that killed me, right? Because I had to study Mike all the time, but you have someone that just comes to class whenever they wanted, but always got straight A's. And then I like the fact that you said he was craving attention. He didn't get attention like he was back at home. So those standing out, doing all those crazy things was him getting attention. And that's the type of person he is. So Dennis, he craves
1: validation. and yeah. that's that's what happened when jordan wasn't there he was validated right and i think he runs yeah. from situations when when the when it gets hot in the kitchen dennis runs you know and he goes to to what welcomes him and what's comfortable and that's acting crazy that's going to wrestling <laughs> you know events going to guess and being reckless because i don't need you this is my life or whatever and gina you're right he's that's what I meant by he's so intelligent that he's, I always, I always compare it to Zach Morris on say by the Bell. You know, Zach Morris didn't even study for the SAT and got a 1600, you know, like um, <laughs> we, we all knew those kids in high school and college and never, they were the hardest partiers and still managed to like, you know, graduate summa cum laude and electrical engineering It's was like what <laughs> like you know or they're a national merit finalist and it's like what um but that's that's who dennis is he's he's that guy and imagine if he had more discipline or had that validation that he was seeking his entire life Wait, i think that's built into now i mean I, I just when i see him i just think it's so tragic because you know, he's Friends with the north korea leader and like all this stuff and i'm just like come on dennis like grow up
3: <laughs> or but maybe that is i i see it on your end, but then maybe that's just that was who he is designed to be like that yeah, is, yeah. you know what yeah. i mean he brought this different perspective and yes yeah. he, he was, was always
2: stand his- out he was stood
3: out and i don't know that he, Maybe it was for attention, but maybe that's just who he is in his core. Like, maybe all of these other things. Oh, I don't,
1: I don't think and, he's doing it for attention. I, I think yeah. that is who is. Uh,
3: affirmation or anything. Like, yeah. I think this is but, just it, really it, who he but, may be. He's not going to conform to what we <laughs> call normal. Can you, you know? imagine people doing it today? Today, mm. NBA. Do you, can mm. you imagine?
2: Can you imagine? He got away with a lot of stuff. <laughs>
3: Well, and now you can't say to him, like that was because, they were winning. because if they weren't winning, then he yeah. wouldn't. Reggie Miller could not, they were winning, but they didn't win any championships, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like they were winning, and, so they're bringing money they probably, in, money talks, they, they
1: right? Money talks, so that you can't do that. Like, there's probably been a lot of contract negotiation since the 90s, they, they probably said, changed
2: it because of him. Uh-uh, we ain't doing this no more,
1: exactly. <laughs> you don't come to practice you aren't like, you know, like, like, thanks, Dennis. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, it's probably a good thing. Social media wasn't around at the time. Cause Dennis probably would have been going live but, from places. Uh,
3: that, right, oh,
0: yes, and, and you know, the other, the piece that the documentary was sharing about, you know, his two, or, well, supposed to be 48-hour uh, vacation from Vegas. When he came back, he actually had a staycation, and that's when Michael Jordan went over to get him because mm-hmm. apparently he lived across the street from where they play. <laughs> Smart. 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 Because
2: he knew.
3: Again, that's brilliant. Great. I'm not yeah. going to drive 50 miles to live in this house. Right. I'm going to
1: an apartment right across the street. you know where to find me. me. Yes, exactly. That's probably his logic, too, you know? Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, and and so you know, I also wanted to talk about Phil Jackson, who I think did a you know masterful job of leading a, a, a personality like Dennis and and really connecting what? with him. Oh. And I loved seeing Phil's origin story as well. I felt like mm. I learned so much about him, um, because to be honest, you know, watching him as a coach, like I just kind of thought he was like this very just you know, clean cut guy, because that's kind of the image that you see of these um, coaches in the NBA. But he grew up on an Indian reservation. And, you know, Ah. um, and then, and then he coached in Puerto Rico. And so and, and he he did actually win a couple of championships as a player as well. But I thought that like, under, once I realized like what his background was and, and you know really growing up around like different cultures and like people of color then to me it really made sense why he was able to be such a great leadership to the bulls dynasty but then also you know Kobe's um, team yes. as well
3: yeah well and why he was able to connect yes exactly our us. In uh, right. Exactly. right, but exactly. all players. But he was able to connect, and I think those experiences, with um, even growing up, and he was a little worldly, right? Because he was this hippie, yes. whatever, yes. all worldly. But then he yes. also. Took this and went and explored other cultures, and that yes. made him more well rounded, but also made him a better not only a better person, but a better coach and a better leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody, not even when you study leadership, like Phil Jackson should be somebody that you are literally yes. on your list, right? Because yes. I think that attributed to his success and ability as a white Caucasian male to be able to connect and on, you know, with men of color in general. Yes. Yeah. So that was very, and he chose that path. Well, he took those opportunities, I would say. Right. Um, um, to enrich himself and to learn. He didn't have to go coach in Puerto Rico. Like he could have turned that Right. Down, right? Like you're going and living in an, an entirely different part of i don't even know if it was u.s territory at that time do you guys know when he went over there to coach i don't know what it was but they don't speak english we know right like english is not their first tongue. it's an entirely different culture but the fact that he did it and he did it well right um and he grew up on an indian reservation but kudos to um phil and maybe attributed to his parents um for Mm -hmm. instilling that in him because that's what differentiates him and his success from other coaches. Uh, but I think that is very critical in his ability to be able to connect with us,
1: absolutely. I think yeah. his what stood out for me was his connection to Native Americans and their culture and spirituality. So I, I, I think yeah. for me, I feel like he connected with the players not so much on a cultural basis, but just on a equal common man to man because there were several times where they would make they would say oh dennis is doing this or that and um bill would have one simple statement like he'll come when he's ready," or you know like it was just like the soothsayer you know (laughs) so for me it wasn't even so much i think having those cultural experiences helped him you know definitely mesh with everybody but I think it was that foundation of that spirituality yeah of Americans that you know he was just like at the end of the day this is this is what connects us all you know and and this is the the truth in life like there was no fluff with him it was either this or that and he wasn't gonna get crazy and stress himself and he was just like you know. He'll come to practice when he's ready, <laughs> and, and he did. And that's why I cannot
2: stand Jerry Cross you know? because he knew <laughs> how good so he man. was.
1: He saw from afar how good. He needed so to go went. out too. Bill wasn't. Bill wasn't on them. Like you need to practice every day and all that. He he understood. Like during the finals, look, you need to have five hours and go do your thing, and then you can come back to the gym. He treated them like human beings, and I think that's what that's what they respected. Is that they they weren't. I mean, I think he was understanding. Him. I don't yeah. know that he was like
3: all for that. You know, yeah. like, you they, had, tell to tell the they, look they look had to up. persuade him to be like, "Come on," you know, like I don't think well, it was just like, "Yeah, do you?" But he understood the individuality of each player, right? Oh, like, that's, that's Works that's what for my, that, Michael. Michael you know, is was, not going to work was, for. Yeah, you know whatever. Right. He definitely had the same mindset of
1: We're here to win. And all that, but he understood there had to be balance. True. And he wasn't getting anything out of them if they were there. Exactly. Eight, five, and, you know, right. blah, blah. like, they've got to have something to release whatever they need to release and then come back and work for me you and know? serve him. Right. 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 On this whole and I liked game.
2: how he knew how to calm Michael Jordan down because when Michael Jordan was like, give me the ball, give me the ball, he was like, no, this works as a team. You got to give it to everybody not just him and I love the fact that he knew how to come and work with each person but that was that was amazing and then you think about Steve Kerr about how Steve Kerr won like three championships because he worked under Phil Jackson hello if that's not amazing and then he worked Whoa. with Kobe if he if that doesn't show you how great of a leadership is through mm-hmm. Phil Jackson I don't know what to tell you
3: well and So he could have easily built his offense around one player, right? Like like he could have easily. And instead he was – he knew the value in a motion offense. And when they – I was like, that is brilliant because a motion offense – it yeah. every time, and it gets every player involved, meaning every player touches the ball. And we all know, well, those that play sports, and even if you don't, like, the ball moves faster than people, right? Like, you can pass the ball faster than a person. But he implemented – Yes, that – like, the motion offense. And he was able, because of his leadership and because of the trust that they had in him, it didn't take much for him to um, – kind of influence and persuade Jordan like I'm not going to build my team it wasn't a friction like he didn't have to say I'm not going to build the team around you
0: instead right. we're
3: going to build this offense and you will right. be cap you'll capitalize off of it but everybody else will be part of this I was like ah oh that was God. brilliant that was brilliant and that's why I feel his fail and that's what sets him apart right like and that's why I can't stand Jerry Croft <laughs> well he well, is just
0: phenomenal and I think, too, it goes back to that whole balance, too, like you said, the fact that he was able to and and it wasn't that, you know, Michael was egotistical or anything along those lines. But the fact that he was willing to submit to Phil's leadership and submit to this, you know, this offensive system for the team and recognizing, OK, I'm not going to be the most, you know, highest scoring player in the league anymore but being okay with that in order to secure championships
2: you know what I liked about this documentary is like even though you're growing up and you're seeing all this but then when they were seeing like different NBA players and stuff like that I was like Penny Hardaway and I was like I know um Patrick Union and all this stuff and I was like oh my gosh, I remember all these players while growing up. So that really brought back memories when we were seeing each NBA player. So it wasn't just about Mike. It was like, remember him? Remember that? Remember him? Like, that was
1: amazing. Gina, I I was like, whether you were a hardcore basketball fan or just watched the finals like I did um, whenever the Bulls were in there, um everyone you still knew who these players were you still knew Gary Payton and Tim Hardaway and Charles Barkley these were household names um you know and not forget my boy
3: Vince Vince Carter
1: you gotta say Vince, Vince, Vince Car- Carter yeah I mean oh, yeah, you know, the Fab Vince, oh, hold on they,
0: Vince Carter is still playing
1: yeah he, he is, is, is one of the oldest one yeah, of the he's oldest made, he's yeah. made
0: history yeah he's one yes. of these like um, yes, indeed.
1: Has he won a championship ring?
0: No, not yet. But he might this year because he's still in there, making uh, history. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, let look. Let me let me root for Vince. Okay, he has a soft place in my heart. But um, actually, actually, I think this is a great transition into uh episodes five and six because it started with michael jordan's last all-star game and then it also had uh the dream team um, oh, and, and then and, and we learned about the inception of the air jordans and as well as the first three pete but what i loved about you know like episode five when they opened up with all-star weekend and we got to see um Kobe Bryant at his first all-star game. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, and to hear him, I realized, you know, I think this is the first time I've kind of seen Kobe talking um, since he passed and, um, yeah. and so it was very emotional watching him. But one thing that the director said is they had, they had edited his part. So what we saw, they had actually just finished that um, about, two weeks before he passed away and they didn't, you know, change anything about that cut. And it was perfect because you hear Kobe, um, really giving honor to Michael and talking about how he wouldn't be who he is or who he was, I should say, um, without Michael Jordan, that he doesn't like to be compared to him because he said he feels like he has five rings because of him, you know, being that big brother figure. And him being able to just call him anytime and get advice, so yeah, so that was pretty powerful, and it was also fun, like you said, just to see some of those players. Penny Hardaway is, of course, my favorite, so I, I um, got joy in seeing him in that photo op as well.
3: Yeah, the Kobe, um, uh, I, I mean, that was so difficult to watch, to your point, LaJoy. I think, um, that was the first time I think we'd seen him in audio, and in a lot, and it, I don't know, like. I know they showed clips but i just wasn't i didn't know what to expect but it was um very hard like it was heart-wrenching to watch but at the same time we knew like it wasn't anything we didn't know like we know that kobe emulated and you know I, i mean really admired jordan and and even when you looked back right like the way he walked up the court and the way that he even um, just finesse the ball it was like gosh he really did study michael jordan um and to think that we lived to see both of them play right like and we're not that old all of us on this we're not that old right but we oh jordan and then we grew up watching kobe kind of in his prime and then retire yeah. we watched both of these icons retire um but i think it was just that moment especially with the Kobe. Um, that was segment. Yeah, it was really just like, wow, um, you know, I, it was very special. And I'm glad that they did get to capture that. I don't know how else. It wasn't any, again, it was nothing new. We all knew that he right. really bored Michael. Um, it was right.
2: how close. They were when they
3: were at yeah. the funeral, when Michael yeah. Jordan was at the funeral. Yeah. He said that they were so close. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know they were that close. Well, that and was- I thought it was so interesting that he was like, he would call, like, he was almost annoyed by him at first, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, gosh, get off my jock, right? Like, stop it already and calling like him. a and, little kid. Jordan, what do you Jordan, think about Jordan, this? Just, Jordan, what do you Jordan. think about this? Like, I gave you my number and now you're <laughs> overusing it. But at the end of the day, he he's seen a lot of potential in him. And I don't know if you guys think this, but I think there is some ego with these, um, oh. Sure. You know, like, he's like, I don't want him to, secretly, he didn't say that, but I'm sure he doesn't want him to break his records, or, you know, I don't want him to outshine me, you yeah. know, um, like, I'll help you, but to an extent, like, let me let my name live on,
1: so I just thought it
3: was, that was interesting, um,
1: but then he well, told me if up. you remember, at the time when Kobe went into the league, I mean, it was still the height of He Jordan. was still, yes. And Kobe yes Was the first, I mean, coming out of high school, he was the first. Comparable, right. And Jordan said it in the locker room. I think it was at the All Star game when they were all like, Jordan and all of them were chiming in about Kobe, like, who is this kid? And and he's like, I wouldn't even let him have the ball if he was on my team. You know, he's got to earn his way and like all this stuff. So I think Jordan's annoyance was that typical rookie, like, you got to earn your stripes. you know, and, and now that we see what type of teammate Jordan was, it totally makes sense. It makes
2: oh, totally
1: sense. yeah. yeah. Um, Jordan it was, was a bad at first, um, but definitely glad that you know it turned into this wonderful friendship and relationship, Mentorship,
3: right? Yeah. Like a mentor, yeah, and like a yeah, like I'm gonna help you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You
3: think about it, Kobe. If you see that. Kobe was like the the only player that was
2: able to play in that era. So he knew how to bring it to the new school versus old school. Right. I like that. He was part of them even though Jordan was like jet setter. You have a new guy coming in and then bringing that to the new school. So Jordan exactly. was the new school. So he just carried the torch to Kobe to his aid, to his like, you know, to his generation. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Man. Take the torch now after Kobe. So
1: somebody. Well, I mean, LeBron. LeBron is up there. I mean, LeBron. You know, I I I love LeBron. Like I love 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 LeBron. LeBron. Like in terms of carrying that torch that Kobe took from Jordan, LeBron is probably the only person right now that is holding oh, that yeah. torch. Oh, to, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of anyone. Just from my Viewpoint as a fan, and not an avid basketball watcher, and all that. I can't think of anyone right now that really compares to him. That uh, character is getting up there. I mean, he's hurt. He hurt himself, but,
0: but yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but, but LeBron's but, got another five years, just about. Yeah, I done. mean, and LeBron, you know, I, if I, that, I think I'll put it this way: I think, I think he's done. I really think he's done. I think it's perfect timing. Um that lebron went to the lakers um because you know obviously there was controversy when he went to miami but he did go back home to cleveland cleveland mm-hmm. and he, he did you know restore his relationship with his you know with his home and he delivered on his promise to them but i think that for i will say you know specifically with all that took place you know with the tragedy of kobe like lebron is the perfect figure for the lakers right now um and i remember seeing a video of him when they played when they did you know start playing games again after kobe passed away initially he had like a speech or something on like card or whatever but he just decided to speak from the heart and it was perfect i feel like la always need some type of like polarizing player it's just like a part of their heritage and so I think that this will be a great place for LeBron to end his career um, and I, I will say you know I haven't always been a LeBron fan but I have become one in recent years specifically once he you know did go back home and he delivered on his promise and I love how um, committed to the community he is and how he's very vocal about, you know, issues that affect um, the African-American community. So he's an advocate. We talked about, well, All-Star uh, Weekend, Dream Team. Now, uh, the inception of the Air Jordans. Um, I I actually, I I prepared a short sermon. <laughs> so so yeah right right so if you'll just let me you know let me preach the sermon now I'm just I'm <laughs> being silly but seriously um okay so so basically i i feel like with you know with this whole story of how jordan ended up signing with nike um i i'm a sneakerhead but but quite honestly growing up like i didn't have any jordans my parents were not going to spend 100 dollars or whatever so no that was a no go But, um, but I loved how they were talking about how, you know, Converse was originally like, you know, kind of like the shoe of the NBA and, um, and, but they weren't like looking for endorsements necessarily the time Michael wanted to sign with Adidas, but it was actually Nike that was making the, the offer. And, and I think what this whole scenario Uh, reminded me of is number one, the, the magic, the wisdom, the intelligence of a black mother, because she (laughs) made him meet with Nike when he didn't want to. And, um, and so um, I, I, my, my little, my little sermonette is that God's plan is always greater than mine we asked for an adidas blessing but god is trying to give us a nike blessing mm-hmm. and um, the joy. and 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 one are thing are you taking, too,
3: up Girl, I know. taking up
0: offering <laughs> I know. and also you know the director revealed that even after he had signed the deal with nike he actually still went back and called adidas like y'all sure <laughs> and they were like no we're sorry we like we like basically don't like have the money or or whatever it was no spots available um, at the time so so yeah and of course that has become like such a cultural phenomenon and it's even crossed over into other sports now like jordans aren't just you know basketball shoes They're
1: everything they're fashion i mean i yes,
0: exactly I, it's I, a brand think-
1: even Michael said you can't wear them for basketball anymore and it hurt your feet. But, um, you know, I, I think they... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Been, when he was do when want
2: exactly. Bloody feet and
1: everything. Yes. He is... Yeah. You know, I think it was always a fashion statement, but um, definitely now with the collectors and, you know, um, I mean, I think we all know someone in our life who has collected 20, 30 Jordans, <laughs> you know, or more. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's it's (laughs) definitely a a pop culture moment, you know.
0: I mean, his son now,
1: his son now makes a living. One of his sons makes a living selling Jordans.
0: Yeah, and you know his daughter. His Mm -hmm. daughter is also like she has she manages more of like the female side of the brand. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: So I think the other son, the oldest son, works at Nike too.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. 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 Jeffrey. Yep.
0: And then also um, in this episode, we got a little dream team action. So, speaking of the whole like Nike endorsement, I had never heard that story about Jordan and not wanting to wear the Reebok uniform because of his endorsement. But the way that he covered it up with an American flag, Uh, that. genius (laughs)
1: absolutely genius and I don't think any of us obviously we didn't know at the time I just remember seeing that iconic photo and I'm like wow they're just all draped in like American flag patriotic exactly that was actually back when you know everybody kind of didn't mind wearing American flag paraphernalia um (laughs) shocking um (laughs) nowadays I'm wearing this yeah um but genius just absolutely genius for him to do that
0: oh my god and the fact that we actually got to hear him like talk about it i mean he didn't say i'm gonna put the flag on but the fact that he said i have some like in the car he was like i have yeah. something
1: yes yes because he knew they can't say anything they, about that's that. right <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. Come at me at this. Come at yeah. me at
3: this. Right.
2: <laughs> do you think he has something to do with the whole Isaiah not playing in the dream team?
3: Think about it. Probably he was informed Like the guy would tell people, "You better not pass the ball to so and so at practice," and they would listen <laughs> to him. Like I think so. He, this, I mean, he was so powerful in that. Like you know what I mean? He had he kind of earned his way, but I mean, yes. I don't, I don't know I That's yeah it.
2: when he spoke I mean, said, he was a great team player Isaiah Thomas was really I'm good not
3: disagreeing it. his personality was like I feel like you know Jordan It would have been worse if he would have came there could have been a lot of fireworks yeah um yeah I feel like if they had to pick out of the two who are you gonna pick right like of course well, yeah
1: you gotta love yeah. Christian Leitner at home
0: yeah Oops. well well I'll, yeah I mean, I mean it was kind of, It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't I'm like did he, he play even, in, I mean even I don't know if he ever got the name like, I don't know who's this kid
1: like, <laughs> right exactly well, who is
3: this guy? well, well they're trying yeah they're yeah, introducing uh, him to the world right
1: yeah oh you had the final shot in, in a duke game okay well whatever you know <laughs>
0: Well, cause you know, at that time though, they, they, um, they had like collegiate players and et cetera on the Olympic team before, before the dream team. Right. So, yeah. That's
3: correct. That right. That was, yeah. that was a tradition.
0: It was a tradition,
3: but if they were going to pick a collegiate player. From I know. That time, I know. Year. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, come well, on.
0: And I didn't realize too, that Jordan already had a gold medal from, uh, the 84 Olympics team. Right. Who knew so, that? yeah, I was like, oh, oh that's, wow. That's uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the, you know, the documentary is kind of subtle in terms of the whole Isaiah Thomas thing. And by subtle, I just mean, like, Jordan didn't say, like, that he told them he did not want them to be on the team. But he did say that he asked who's playing. So it's <laughs> almost like that whole <laughs> tomato, tomato kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, of course, he also said that he, that other players were not necessarily, um, wanting to play with Isaiah. So he kind of tried to make it a collective.
3: Yeah, collective. But ultimately, it would have been Jordan. I mean, come on. You know what I
2: mean? Everybody like, else. It was
3: everyone else. Yeah. I, and did anyone else notice, like, at the practices, I'm like, where's the damn coach? Is Jordan the coach and the player? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like, that is true. <laughs> What's the coach? I'm not knocking it. I'm just like. <laughs> was it Mike Shazewski? Was he the coach then? It was Mike Shazewski, wasn't it, from Duke? Oh, no, it was Chuck Daly. Chuck yes. Daly. Oh, okay. But yeah. I'm
3: just at – even the outside of the Olympics, even in the bowl. And maybe it was just those snippets, but I'm like, who was running? Like, who's in charge here? I guess Jordan was was the coach. He He, was the coach, (laughs) the star player.
0: I mean, he was running that practice for sure. He was
3: running things. Hey, if you're going to run
0: it like that, you know? Yeah. If we're winning
1: games and you're running practice like that, run it. But if you're going to be you Know playing around and yeah, I'll come back,
2: but y'all got this. Can he say that they could not stand Tony Kukoc at all? And poor yeah. thing, poor thing, he's like, I just want to play basketball, I do nothing. I love
3: him. some Tony Kukoc. He
1: came he over here, He's still a little
3: hurt by that too. You can I believe, well, yeah, we because we are nationalists when I say we Americans, like, Mah! you know, like yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy he was dope, yo, he was dope. They did not welcome embrace him I guess and but I think Gina Krause yes he just went about it all wrong right yeah, like yes exactly you know what I mean it was his, now that I will really really blame on him like he just he was it was him that kind of caused this friction but skills love yes skill set yes
1: he was dynamic well and he was one of the first though Coming from Europe, you know, international. Now, That's now, what I'm saying.
3: He broke so, the boundaries. Yes, it's so
1: common now. But he was yeah. one of the first. Can understand? They were kind of like, wait, what? Like, okay, so they they kind of hijack our game, our culture over in nationalists. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. Over here, you know, or I, so I and, and so in dude. our
3: backyard, our domestic brother, yeah. right? I, I
1: okay, you're you're going to overlook him. Minutes but, mm-hmm. pieces on that, you know about yeah. you know. IMG school down there in South Florida and and you know like all of these kids from Yugoslavia and every place was coming over there and then they were getting into the top schools and being drafted and was like again yeah we've got kids in our own backyard what's going on and
3: we don't know this to be true I'm speculating but they could probably pay them less for again right Mm -hmm. like and they were skilled enough, but they could probably play them less. Well,
0: yeah. I, to them well here's all. the thing, though. Tony Kugos, there was a point where I believe he was making more than Scottie Pippen. <laughs> oh, <Hello, laughs> I know, know. they did my boy Scottie, Scottie wrong.
2: Thanks,
3: Scottie. They just did my boy wrong. I love Scottie. Yeah, you
0: know. And again, to your point, it was more of a process thing, like Jerry Krause, just his process of, you know, they've, um, signed on this international player and it's it's clear that you know who knows he may have been like coming for scotty's spot again there wasn't a lot of communication about yeah, what it was uncertain role and they didn't trust
3: the yeah is this yeah and they didn't <laughs> trust again management right like yeah oftentimes when you're like you have a distrust you are going to be a little reluctant to be like uh, you know like oh i don't know what's going on so yeah i can see that but. well they had the crowd
1: thing and then the first time they met him was in the olympics in the olympics and the, he- olympics, the he- opposing team he- right a heightened sense of competition you know and this nationalism and you know so yeah all of that compounded we aren't gonna like you <laughs> like, we and then are you from over here, team. yeah. We're the dream team, like, red, white, oh, and blue, red, white, bird, and blue, bird, <laughs> bird, 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 bird. like, yeah. I mean, that was y'all. I used to wear like American flags, so I had a sweatshirt, that had like American flag on it. I would yeah. wear that, um, Whitney but, with the
3: coat, not to yes! be you know, but like everybody had like some kind of like, that was patriotic, amazing. yeah, America. yes
0: right yeah like- so the last piece um of of those episodes we got information about all the the gambling rumors and some of that spilled over into to episodes 7 and 8 as well but <laughs> any thoughts around <laughs> the gambling <laughs> accusations
1: mm. I, I remember when all that happened, and yeah, me too. You know, it, I think, like he said, I I enjoyed seeing that piece in the Last Dance because we got to hear from him. You know, he's a competitor, so he likes to compete in any aspect. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, he's a he's a country uh, black man from North Carolina, so he loves to gamble and play cards and. Um, <laughs> And, and it was his money, joke, you know well, I mean, and
3: it was his money. I agree with you elisa yeah. and and what kind of um confirmed or validated that is everything he did he was competitive, but he would bet on everything, even down to his. Yeah. His bodyguard or or his security, sorry. They would bet quarter like you know what I mean? Like everything he did, he's like, You wouldn't put five dollars on it? You would have bet this, you know. So So that was was it was part of his yeah, that was part of it was just I think it was just something he did, right? Like it wasn't and then his ten thousand dollars is our ten dollars. So yeah, right? Like at the time when all this kind of scandal or whatever else happened, but um it's no I think it it may have been advice. But it may have been a, a what we deem as advice, but everyone had it. Like so, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Dennis Rodman had his vice. and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Everybody had something. If we want to, if we even want to label it, I don't think it's a big deal. If he has the money, like it's his money. That's his personal lifestyle. Because like, it's you know? Michael Jordan. Like we right. said, it's yeah. Michael Jordan. Right? Can I and- do no wrong? Right. Well, and they paint, we often paint this perfect image and to his point, right? The expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, gambling, we have casinos. Ugh, how many casinos are in Vegas? You know what I mean? Like uh, what difference does it make? I wouldn't gamble, but you know what I mean? But if that's what yeah. he chose
1: to do, that's what he chose to do. Other people were smoking yeah. it or well, drinking it. I think yeah. at the time, I think about the time, the early 90s, you have Pete Rose. You had, there were a lot of other sports scandals. And I think it would, they were just trying to pull Jordan into that. So the, yeah. world, like, yes. the world was hyped yeah. to this whole sports gambling thing. And then they find out mm-hmm. Michael Jordan does it too. Mm-hmm. You know, today, if that story came out, you'd be like, whatever. It wouldn't whatever.
3: even be a story. It'd
2: be yeah.
1: like, um, it, it and you know, and know what it is? Yeah.
2: Mike, you know what it is? They, we're tired of hearing good things about Michael Jordan. People were tired of it, so they wanted
1: something to bring him down. They well, were tired of it. That's with any celebrity. Any celebrity, yes. black celebrities. You, um, you have to be careful. I mean, and any aspect, even us in our jobs, you know, someone who's a working professional, never believe your own height. Because <laughs> yeah, guess what? Yeah. They can take it away. They will take it away. Because at the end of the day, you were not the one in control. And Amen. as powerful as Michael was, he was not the owner of the Bulls. He wasn't the commissioner of the NBA. Well, he, there he it is. He still work for people. He, but he I love the answer.
2: fact when he did. I love the fact when he did. Um, I'm going to shut you guys up through my performance.
3: But then when he did finally speak out, he, who did he speak to? I'm odd. I'm right. Right. Yeah. Like, he was right. so cute back then. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I know. And he did. He was, again, always strategic, right? Um, I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but when I'm ready to say something, I, I'll right. know who to speak to. So, and I felt like there was a sense of, again, right, community, like, you're going to get my story right, or you're not going to depict my words. Perhaps he felt, was, right. yeah, trust there. So, yeah, it is interesting. But I don't, I... I I remember that happening, but I was like, out of all the things they could have called that. I mean, I guess it was part of his story, but come on, people. They were just trying to dig and find something. Yeah. It was almost like the well, it, modern it, day birth. It wasn't,
0: a, well, it was, not egregious. It was just sensationalized basically. So <laughs> moving on. <laughs> well, no, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> I know we're so episodes seven and eight. So okay, so basically these episodes gave us a little bit a little bit more of the gambling stuff, but then moves into of course the tragedy of his father's uh, Jordan's father's murder yeah. shortly after his first three Pete and then him transitioning to baseball and then transitioning back to basketball
2: let me just tell you I was tearing up through that whole moment because I remember when his dad passed away Yeah, but I didn't remember the gist of it so when we lived it I was so, my heart was out to him because he loved his dad, everything that happened was because of his dad and then they're going to say the reason why he got shot was because of the gambling like really? Who says that? And then he won during Father's Day, but that's something else. But again, that was my sentiment right there.
1: Yeah, I'm still, um, you know, it still affects me whenever I think about his dad's murder, because like Gina, definitely remember when it happened, very shocked. And um, you almost felt like you knew his dad at <laughs> that moment, you know, just because he had been around Michael. and. And, you know, you felt, for whatever reason, close to the Jordan family. I don't know how to describe that. But um, just, I still, like, my my heart still aches for, for him. And, of course, seeing, you know, his reaction um, still even, you know. To this he, day. In his, yeah, when he was talking about it, he still was definitely understandably um still very very
0: uh sad but i do think that michael you know in just like thinking about all that transpired i think that he definitely like whether he would have played basketball or excuse me baseball um or whether he would have just chosen to not play, you know, basketball for a season or two, I still think that he definitely made the right decision to yeah, not continue. Um, Cause he needed, he needed to grieve, you know, and, and I, I loved the quote that he said, because of course, at that time, there was just so much speculation, which is, again, it goes to show you never really know what's happening with someone, but about, you know, why is he leaving basketball? And then when he played baseball, like, why is he doing that? You know, all these things. And, but he said that was one of the last conversations that he had with his dad was that, you know, at the close of that season, he was going to play baseball. And so he said, um, he said, I'd already, I already, had spoken to my father about it. So I knew that I was making the right decision. And again, it kind of made me also think about like, you know, our relationship with our heavenly father. And sometimes like you're doing something and people are speculating or maybe not understanding, but you can like just walk in that piece of like, well, I've already cleared this with my father. So I'm good. You know? And I think that that was a healthy way for him to grieve. You talk about like, the Different vices, etc., that people can turn to for him to be playing a sport that he knows that his father loved, that his father told him that you know he should like try to pursue. Um, I thought that was like um, a, a perfect way for him to grieve. Not that you ever get over the loss of a parent, but still, I felt like he was doing it in a very healthy way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And people thought he was crazy when he just got up to the <laughs> as a a baseball they're like they thought it was a joke that he was playing baseball
0: (laughs) but you know and then it also just like the perfect timing of things like he you know he 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 did he was committed to it he you know did everything he was supposed to do um and then when the the major leagues had that strike he started you know looking at basketball again right and went back at the perfect time and the time that it you know that it was like meant for him to be there again
2: I
1: agree so personal anecdote um we were very excited in the state of Alabama when Jordan decided to play baseball because obviously he was coming to the Birmingham Barons um but I remember one summer my mom and I were um running errands and we passed by (laughs) we passed by the local Hooters restaurant and there was a, a white gentleman and a very tall black gentleman walking um, like a little ways down the street from the Hooters, like they were walking towards the Hooters. And I, I looked and I'm like, that's Michael Jordan. And I, I just remembered that um, the Birmingham Barons were in town to play the Huntsville Stars. And so anyway, my mom and I turned around the car to go, <laughs> to go back to the Hooters parking lot just to watch him go inside um so I, that was my well he's not
2: time. like so noticeable guy like does no one see this <laughs> i mean
1: yeah, it was so noticeable um but that was my one and only time seeing michael jordan um that's pretty cool it was, it was so <laughs> cool to like see him just like casually walking down the street and going to hooters you know so it was pretty cool. But, yeah, we were excited he was playing for the Birmingham Barons.
2: That's pretty cool.
1: hmm
2: And then people were like – and then the funny thing is, like you said, Michael Jordan, that's the status that any regular guy would have had to be on the way to this, get recruited, but yet <laughs> he was able to get on the team, get trained, and all that. Like, oh, can I talk to right. you? Right. Never seen yeah, him Yeah, he was play. a walk-on yeah <laughs> you
1: don't know if he's bad or not but it's michael jordan yeah. well deion okay. sanders did the same thing mm-hmm. yeah Bo yeah, jackson, Go jackson the baseball too, right? player and yeah well and, yeah. and that's
0: why he started you know in the minor, <laughs> minor right league. that
3: minor leagues not the major mm-hmm. leagues and he could have made right like a, that right.
1: determination and that yeah deon was actually with the At- great athleticism yeah.
3: Yeah, the athleticism the yeah. and then natural talent.
0: So now once he did return to, to basketball, I think a pretty cool thing they showed. Well, obviously, so he came back like in the spring and uh, they ended up being actually put out of the playoffs by the Magic uh, that particular season. Go Magic. Y'all know I love the Magic. Penny Hardaway was playing at the time, too. Uh, <laughs> and so was his former teammate from the Bulls. And, for nick. and yes yes um and uh yes nick Shaq. uh all, all the, that was the squad but um i so over that summer though he had he was filming space jam and um but he realized that you know he needed to to train because he he had gone so his all of his training uh, originally was geared towards baseball, and so now he had to like redirect his skills and like physicality towards, yeah. Basketball. A great trainer,
2: a great and
0: trainer, yeah. So the fact that on the lot of shooting space jam, that he was able to set up what they called the Jordan Dome man, that was crazy. Invited in all those players, and um, I just thought, like, again, that speaks to just like his 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 character and his like expectation of excellence like okay I'll do this side project like I'll do this movie but uh, I really need to get back into shape for this upcoming season so I need but he you was all slick to make with accommodations you. for me
2: hmm? he was slick I want all he, the yeah. players to come play ball with me but I definitely want to see how you roll <laughs>
0: Oh, he had been out. he been out a couple seasons at that point, right? Like you know. Yeah, he had a and study he them. a little I'm bit,
1: studying you as well. That was also, like you said, a test, <clears throat> a testament to his um, his stamina because they were filming eight hours a day, and they were like Jordan would then go and practice with the guys, and then even Reggie Miller was like, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> I don't know right. how he was on the set all day and he would play with us and then sleep two hours and then go do the set that's and that still drive still that's that drive put quality work quality work enough that it was a hit film you know right i remember space
2: jam that was mine everybody
3: <laughs> that was my get up it's time to jam.
1: that was our opener
3: we come out to the court like we got to do the space jam Ain't none of us Jordan, but we gonna do
2: this. <laughs> I think they're trying to come up with the Space Jam too, bro. No,
0: gonna be yeah. like, they, no, they're, they're, I I think I have seen something like with LeBron in the yeah, yeah. yeah, filming it or something. Yeah,
1: we'll see. But eh,
0: yeah. Oh. uh, yeah. So also um, during those episodes, we saw um, the Bulls go against the Seattle SuperSonics um, for a championship. So Gary Payton and that whole crew, that series. Oh, Charles Barkley, right? Well, no, Charles Barkley was was a little bit earlier. Um, this was this uh, was like pretty much this was the first like the first oh, of was the that second. Gary
2: Gary Payton with the
0: glove? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gary Payton. GP, and don't be sleeping <laughs> out. Look, Gary Payton another one time. of my...
3: That was my chocolate gum dri- Look, no, don't be...
0: <laughs> I had a
3: thang so thing. I had a thang thing so for crazy. them guards. Ooh, but Gary Payton was that chocolate... Ooh. Mm. Yes. Did you hear about this about he the coach? Been in the league for a long time, too. Yeah,
0: that was my... I, I love that part of the episode with the coach. Like, the they saw him at a restaurant or something and he didn't speak and yeah that really Rude. that really drove that really drove Michael to like kick it into high gear the next game. Which cause I feel like culturally speaking like black people we really hate it when someone doesn't speak like <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's the ultimate I hold form the, of I hold the
0: door
2: sex. open for you. I hold the door open for you you don't say mm-hmm. oh thank you.
3: No, but the ultimate form or, is or, if you or if do you not know agree. somebody. Yeah.
0: Like, no, you know. Like, he knew no. him. Like He, he said right. he played golf with them or yeah, something. Yeah, they had just gone off the golf
1: course. to restaurant and speak.
0: Yeah, so. That was fun. <laughs> I
2: love the fact that when your team was like, if they would have put me in earlier, then I know we would have got him. And then they look at Jordan like, it wasn't because of the gloves. I was going through some things and it was like on Father's Day when Father's yeah. Day was coming and then my father was about to pass away. He's not here for this championship ring. It had nothing to do with it. You could tell it had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Gary Payne was just
0: talking. Well, you know, they, some of those players, you know, they were extremely confident. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that came out in the documentary right. as well. Then another piece too for that um, series, and I think this is kind of the the last thing that they highlighted was um, Jordan and whether he felt, I guess, that he was like uh, how he felt about being perceived as a nice guy. Oh, don't even tell them teammates. thing
2: about Steve Kerr. Um, how yeah, about the um, the practice,
0: they, right? <laughs> yes they did they did share that story on this episode her punched him in the chest and then michael hit him in the eye and but then, then later apologized He's like, I'm, not a punk.
2: I'm not a punk but that was how my well because he punk got kicked out impossible. he got kicked
0: out of practice uh for yeah. for that so, at least but he was. Why willing did to he me.
3: remember? Why did he punt? Look, because I was like, Jordan was borderline. I'm going to say it. i must say it. He was borderline bully in practice. Like, he. But he had to be explained
2: that why he was like that.
3: True. Yeah. And I not say, but I not everybody, that. like, you're not going to tell me who I can pass to and who I couldn't. Kerr wasn't a ball. Like, Kerr was a mediocre player, right? But Jordan I don't was think he was doing player. all that. I don't think But he was as a doing point guard, you don't tell a point guard. Like, the point guard runs the floor. The point guard runs the floor, right? Like, the point guard runs the floor. Trust what I'm doing. Um, so, I'm not condoning it, but I couldn't nobody slap me
0: in nobody's practice. and But they said he <laughs> scared of
2: Michael Jordan because well, they he wanted got- to win. He wanted yeah, and- to win. And-
0: well, and he got, I mean, like, Phil Jackson did kick him out for that. And then he ended up, he, like, I think Jordan said he called somebody. He, he called, did. like, and and then he got his number he He knew he
3: was wrong
0: he was was like I just punched the smallest guy on the team
3: (laughs) right you a bully it's a point guard and you gotta try he's not a bully don't be talking
2: about my Michael Jordan okay he (laughs) was a bully
3: in that moment I don't care what nobody says you put he owned it he said I punched the smallest guy on the court you don't beat up nobody smaller than you like that you don't do that and a white boy. I'm going to say it. Sorry. You might have edit that out. But come on. Like,
2: you know. Michael Jordan. I was wanted like, to see everyone win. And I, that's what I liked about him. He said, you're not going to be riding this out just like anyone else. You ain't going to sit on the sidelines and get your rings. Everyone's going to be playing their part. Let's go. He might come as a butthole, but he really did care about that.
3: Yes, really I, care I'm about not disagreeing, to, But that don't warrant no grown man putting his hands on no other grown man. You know that boy didn't punch you. It was probably like fighting air. I never knew I learned about Steve Kerr, um his father.
0: Yes. You know. Yeah, I, was gonna say, this I, is, I did no, not. This, I we, didn't, can, um, we can I was going to say right here we can transition into yeah. episodes 9 and 10 cuz we're talking about Steve Kerr, which is where uh 9, well episode 9 tells the story. So Khalifa continue.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry about that, but I didn't mean to jump the gun, but he, um, it was, uh, I, I just learned, sorry. I just just learned that story. I'd never known. I really, I'll be honest. I never knew Steve Kerr's backstory. I knew where he played in the NBA, but I never knew that his father um, was murdered, you know, like Michael Jordan. So I, I wonder, they didn't allude to this or touch on this. Um, but i wonder if that was a moment if anything like that bonded them
1: maybe well, you know, said, off the about, said, they, they, said didn't they never, talk about they never talked about it they never it right
3: hard. so off the, but now like wow how you know what i mean like you guys have this this commonality uh, an unfortunate tragedy right mm-hmm. but that would bring you guys together um but wow i was just like i had no idea i had no idea about steve kerr's background had never researched it i just knew he was to me a dynamic point guard that was not black you know what i mean like he held yeah. it own. He played for the bulls he played for this like he was pretty good considerably um so i just thought that was touching and then of course you know when it comes to your parents and how they were just taken too soon um from them um how both Michael Jordan and then different points in their career, but like Steve Kerr was in college and he just continued to persevere and he used that energy um, to be a better ball player. Right. Right. He could have been all things, but he used that energy uh, to just craft his sport because he feels like that's what his dad would have um, marveled and been, you know, proud of him for. So that was very enlightening for me when I was like oh my gosh so now I like I'm like Kerr has a special place in my heart and he's a great yeah. coach, right, right. but, but it also yeah.
2: show what type of uh player he was he wasn't like a Jordan he had to play he had to work his butt he had off. to earn it he didn't yeah. get selected like everyone yeah. else he, well, and- what he did and he always I- had to prove himself every time
0: well I love that he studied out the role that he wanted to play on the Bulls yeah. So he knew stuff. that he wanted to be yes, like Paxton.
3: Yeah, Pac so, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so
0: he I so love once that he story. was part of the Bulls, he, you know, he he became a mentee, right? And he and he was able to I think it I that's one thing I love about the game of basketball is when players recognize what their role is. So, um, you know, where their gifts lie. So, you know, he wasn't coming on trying to be, you know, the number two or whatever, or the number three. He understood that there was a place for him um, on the team, and and was able to find success there.
2: hmm He even said Michael Jordan even said that he was like, "Hey, just be at the right place at the right time.
0: That's all yes. I had to
2: do." So Jordan could trust me. So he was always at the right place at the right time, and I thought that was pretty cool. And the one thing I just want to say. With LeBron versus Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan was able to build his team. He didn't go about scouting different players, go to different teams just to get a <laughs> championship ring. He played. He got what he needed, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna work with this team and my <laughs> bi." I bully, but I'm gonna work with you. And guess what? He got six championships because he was a coach. He he was a mentor and all them just for those for those reasons alone. Instead of hopping in nine teams, and well, let me get my let me get my <laughs> my,
0: my superstars. Let me
2: create it. Well, well, well hold different. on.
0: I I don't know that I'll put it this way, I don't know that that is any different than uh, than what Golden State did when Kevin Durant came to their team, so. um, But it's
2: different, Michael Jordan versus LeBron. I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. I'm talking about LeBron. No,
0: no, no. no, no. But I'm talking about recruiting. You're 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 saying recruiting talent. I'm saying, well, Golden State recruited Kevin Durant to their. I'm talking about LeBron James had (laughs)
2: Apple. LeBron James was able to pick his players you see all those switching out jordan didn't do all that jordan was like whatever i got i'm good
0: it's (laughs) a new it's a new era it's
2: It's a new era
0: new era in the nba
2: well (laughs) and
3: i don't know that i'm gonna put mine on mute i don't know that jordan um had (laughs) enough um influence i'll use the word influence back then again it is a new era but at the same time Um, had the NBA been set up or, you know, the way that it's um, kind of structured today, who's to say that Jordan wouldn't have, uh, you know what I mean? Like loyalty is seen differently nowadays. And I don't know that it's even about loyalty. It's more about brand loyalty, but um, if he can win, like, so we don't, how can you compare? I, I often say, how can you compare, them because there are a lot of people like well Jordan didn't have to go anywhere and Steve Kerr I I mean Curry doesn't have to like these players didn't have um, Kobe Bryant they didn't have to but had they but we don't know because they didn't go out LeBron can prove his story is he can go out and win championships with different teams so he shouldn't be knocked for that you know what I mean I mean he is a motivator he's a leader you know what I mean? He's a motivator Ooh. and a leader. So Jordan, you know, right? Jordan like, was leader, yeah. motivator.
0: Well, yeah, and actually, it is it's kind there. of when you think about it in that way, it's actually the same principle because each time that you know LeBron won again, I know there was a lot of controversy when he went to Miami, but when you think about when to, uh, but when he went to the Cavaliers, um, or back to the Cavaliers, I should say. I mean, Act, that was yes. I, that was definitely a time of rebuilding and now that he's with the Lakers it's still still a time of rebuilding rebuilding. so so he's he's making he is making an adjustment but it's just in a different way and under a different like roster but the principle still stands yeah and I think it's even more difficult to do it that way right exactly because Uh, Jordan yeah. was with the same franchise which yes. passed off to him but yes. his but his first three was different from his second three-peat squad That's with right. the exception they didn't have 50. rodman
3: 96 97 98 let's yeah rodman was not sorry rodman was not but, in 91
0: the, 92 the first, exactly. Right. Crossed right. it off. So exactly so it's, so it's a similar principle i think
3: It's just the same team, but yeah, similar principle. But yeah,
1: they talked about that when Jordan came back after baseball. He was with a whole bunch of guys that did not win those first three championships with him. They had they worked the way he was, so he, yeah, he had to work with what he had, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, he he made it enough. I'm sure Jordan, if he had the pool, he would have traded Scott Burrell. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan had the pool. Jordan
2: had the pool. Of with- <laughs> <laughs> course, Scott. Scott. I said. Who? Who? He is. still had the pool, but he still did that. I, I don't think he had the pool. Actually, uh, he had the pool. I know he, he had the pool. I'm a ride or die, Michael Jordan. Okay. Oh, I look. As, look, Micra Jordan. For
1: listening, I love you look I'm <laughs> gonna buy a Jordan jersey okay and that is not my aesthetic I think if, I, an, uh, yeah.
3: uh, and then uh, if another Jordan. team could have afforded him he would have went where the money was I kid you not after coming back out of retirement nah, please, nah. please he went where he knew he would win we know no. you like LeBron James right <laughs> I love him I don't like him I love him but um <laughs> I, <laughs> I think Jordan went because if Scottie Pippen wasn't on the Bulls in '96, he wouldn't. He have still would have worked he, with he, them. He wouldn't have went back if George, if Scottie Pippen wasn't on there '93, '94, '94, '95. You don't think he would if, really? If you Scottie was traded, he probably would have considered. I don't know. We will never know. But I don't think he would have went back. Let's ask him. I got him on phone and stuff. His stuff. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> call him. Call Phil. I'm about to call Phil. Okay. You call Jordan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay so a couple more things thinking of all these championships so episode nine and ten basically we see them win the 1997 and 1998 championships so completing the the second three um and so you know it highlights the competition between reggie miller and the pacers and then, and then also Carl Malone and the Jazz, or you could say Carl Malone and Stockton, because I know Jazz fans love them some Stockton. I mean, they were a duo, right? No, I know,
1: I know, like, they were like Scotty and Jordan. Like, yeah, no, they were they were Jordan.
3: totally, yeah. yeah, definitely. With the Indiana Pacers, I was hopeful because again, I wasn't necessarily against the Bulls, but it would have been nice to mm-hmm. see it it like a good matchup of teams, because not a lot of teams could match up with the Bulls, right, whether it was the first half of the 90s or the second, the latter half, um, so I think that was a comparable matchup, and then of course, of course, Utah, but it was like, that put Utah on the map, yeah, um, when they actually <laughs> went in, into that series, and everybody was like, Utah Jazz, mailman, yeah. the mailman and Stockton, yeah. so it did really put Utah on the map. Um, But when you think about talent, like matching talent to talent, those are some of, um, I think, um, in the latter part, some of the best competitions. Uh, Because you don't want to see, for me, I didn't want to see another blowout. Like, who can stand up to this team, right? I love the Bulls, but it was like, wow, these teams actually have enough skill. So um, I was excited. I was hopeful. Of course, I was satisfied with the Bulls winning. But it was nice to see somebody really contest them in my opinion, and I remember, I was just like, yeah, like, maybe someone else will win. Not that I was rooting against them. And then, psych, just kidding. But you know they even said it,
2: like, there are, like, a lot of, I saw this interview with um, Reggie Miller, and he even said a lot of people, a lot of the good players never won a championship because of Jordan. Yeah.
3: And they were saying,
1: Mm -hmm. if Jordan
3: was not in the league, do you think like, that Reggie pack- Miller never yeah. won a championship? Miller, all of them get yeah. rings, and he was a top scorer. Top yeah. he was before there was Curry, right? Like Reggie yeah. Miller, right? Yes, um, and Facts. he doesn't have any championship no rules, rings. No um, rings. But you cannot hall take of, their Hall critical. of Famer, though. Hall of Famer, yes, yeah, but mm-hmm. no. yeah,
2: And he was like, "Thanks,
0: Jordan. No one has rings because of you." <laughs> in That error. <laughs> well, a couple, a well, couple other. Oh, I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead, Alicia. I was just gonna say, Jordan said there's a clip, you know, where he gets really emotional, talking about, you know, people saying that he was too tough and he was this or that, and he was yeah. like, you know, you didn't want it hard enough, you know, and and that's what you had to say to the Reggie Millers and whatnot. It wasn't because Jordan was in the league. <laughs> you just you and it didn't have Reg- the heart, right? I- Michael Jordan was listening. And they do eventually fall. Other teams see what they're doing, and they want it hard, if not harder, than that team does. So y'all were just victims of your own. Uh, It's Jordan. We aren't going to beat him, you know? I mean, some came close. They came close. They came
3: super close. Well, it went down. It wasn't an easy feat. It was down to game seven, right? Whether you – Oh, yeah money or not yes, they went again. down the game sevens, and sevens is, right and that's and when was, it just yeah it boils down to who has the most heart pointers. seriously yeah
0: did you, uh, did a, you
3: talk about his a, like oh
0: go, go ahead Joy. well I was gonna say as a fan um I love a game seven but as a player I'm sure that is like so nerve-wracking but what we did see from Jordan uh was his again once again just a, a level of unbotheredness like going into oh, the
2: game Oh, If you, look, if you were compete, if you said any comment to him, he'll show you on the
3: court. Yeah, like a long list. Well, they had people. lost game five and six, right? And he was like, no, mm-hmm. no worries. We'll go into this. Yeah. Inside, he, you know, he was like, ooh, he composed himself. He kept his composure very much so, but yeah. yeah.
1: Even you know, there,
0: remember, there was another um, episode uh, where Oshiro. he had his, ba- he had that baseball bat, Yes. and they were asking him question, and he was just like waving the baseball bat like a wand. Cigar in his mouth. <laughs> just yeah,
1: cool.
2: He's like, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> wow, Beedie yeah. Armstrong made him mad. He was like, y'all, all you all are gonna get it, and I loved it. Don't make him mad, Khalifa. He's a well, the Bulls
0: bully. <laughs>
1: um, Love me so also,
0: much. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Also, shout out to um, CDs and Disman and Michael Jordan getting <laughs> the hype to a Kenny Lattimore record. I think that caught us yeah. all. <laughs> By surprise, I like Kenny Latimer, but I just never. Well, I love name. Kenny Latimer, like,
1: when it's on, right? Out. Right, like, and
0: the, the way he was like, in the way Jordan was almost like braggadocious, like, Yeah, I got this early release because you know, we're yeah. friends, right? We're <laughs> friends. This ain't never released,
3: this ain't, yeah. ain't even out. Did you, <laughs> you just see, see how know we're kept friends?
1: Moving
3: yes, like, yeah, yes. but i don't know which episode it was i think it was when he was swinging the bat but he was in um and alicia i texted you for about this one but um he they were in the locker room and i think he was um speaking with uh scotty but he was bumping joe
1: oh
3: and i was like did y'all oh they listening to joe right all that i am i was like oh uh okay he like he last, that round. was
1: a hot song at the time you know yes
3: i mean he had the hotness so but the good music you know what i mean you he know? wasn't like pam Dot. not nothing against him but you know what i mean <laughs>
2: <laughs> he kept it right, right.
3: so okay jordan i like your selection of music i think that was during the
2: time i told my dad for the first time i was like michael jordan dad michael jordan is my baby's daddy he was like what oh <laughs> like, Boy, what's my Daddy. Cause you know
3: that that song came out. I think it's my baby's daddy. He's like, oh my god, that's just my baby. That that one. Yes, <laughs> that is
2: that's my baby's daddy.
0: Well, and you know <laughs> oh that god. is something that they did really well is like the music selection. Um, you know, keeping it timely, um, but also just like it was like every score if you will that they they chose was was like perfect for those episodes and the scenes um so
2: I agree I agree yeah, well and, and the
1: funny director was on point and I love that it ended with a pearl jam song which was so <laughs> out of out of the realm of what the entire series have been playing yeah right. like 80s 90s hip-hop Yes. um right but at that time in 98. You know, you have the grunge yeah. on, and I think the gritty, oh, yeah. the grittiness of Pearl Jam definitely spoke to it. Because when I heard it, I was like, is that Eddie better? Like, <laughs>
3: what? Pearl Jam. I forgot about yeah. Pearl Jam, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, Pearl Jam. Like, whatever happened to them? I don't know. Yeah. In the 90s. It's all a blur. <laughs> Yeah. Well,
0: and then, like, with the can and the burning, you know, um,
1: it, yeah. like, it, it was just like, I don't know. It
0: was, yeah, it was, it was perfect. And it was um, a perfect ending. Well, so, the other surprise for us in this episode, we got to say his name again, Dennis Rodman. I'm so down with him. After, <laughs> 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 so after game three, Dennis Rodman in the finals, (laughs) just to clarify, after game three of the finals against the Utah Jazz for their third (laughs) championship, um, he went to wrestle with Hulk Hogan. (laughs)
3: I'm so
0: down with
3: him. I thought it was odd. I was like, okay. Like, he really just, when he felt the need to get up and move, he moved. Um, but it sounded like he had already <laughs> planned that. Like, he was already trying to um, maneuver his way into, you know, WWF, E, whatever we would call it nowadays. Um, right. So, this was probably something that he had committed to, knowing that, again, because it was a, was it a game or a practice? I can't remember. We're jogging memory. Was but um a practice. It was finals. Like, oh, game. finals. yeah so it was game right there were games but um I was like typical Rodman of course right like but when he moved like when he felt compelled like I'm gonna do this anyway uh, when his heart is set on something he's just gonna do it um I don't remember I didn't never watched wrestling I don't know about you guys I,
1: I, mean, I remember I was, when it happened yeah
3: I remember I, hearing I, about it but uh, I, never, I didn't watch and I wasn't you know like I didn't watch it live everybody knows Hulk Hogan you know but um i was just like oh, of course like i didn't expect anything less i didn't expect anything less i thought gosh this guy is just going to continue to do what he does right um when is enough enough I,
1: as long as he's winning right and then well, was, that's the I next was thing i telling that hulk hogan and all of them were like who cares about the fight like dennis literally yeah who cares about that fans, yeah they yeah. literally didn't even care that the finals were going on so nope. No, no. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's talk about peer pressure. You know, I'm sure. Or oh, is sure it peer that pressure? That but that was do. their
3: sport. Wrestling is their sport.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. No? But I'm saying like right. peer pressure in terms of hey, come do this thing with Hulk. You gotcha. Know? gotcha. It wasn't gotcha. like he had someone tell him no. You're in the finals. You better stay. So Dennis in his head is saying yeah, let me go. And then let you me got move. Hulk and all them saying yeah, come on. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
3: But Rodman was he, literally there he's one of a kind. Has there ever been any other any anyone ever remotely close to him?
0: You no, what that's I mean? he
2: would go Not. down in history as yes. Dennis Rodman. He would never be forgettable. I mean, yeah. Well,
0: even, yeah. And you know he's he's <laughs> with even with all his crazy ways, he's just very um endearing. Like I feel like when when he first came on you know on i guess episode three it was i was uh, very happy to see him you yes know?
3: <laughs> he's part of the bull story he's part mm-hmm. of michael jordan
0: like
3: you know what i mean you cannot say oh bulls championship and not name dennis rodman you just can't right like he's a scotty dennis jordan right um and others get their credit too but yeah you know um yeah he was definitely one of kind and i see that <laughs> i don't know but i'm like how are you that age and still have piercings all in your nose and you yeah. know what i mean like in your in your lip and your nose He's and his you are still painted it.
1: and
3: yeah um, i would have loved to just look at his eyes i the only time i remember seeing his eyes is like when he was playing a game right um yeah it's so interesting but i'm glad that he participated in this because he didn't have to right i mean i'm sure yeah. they you know got a little some benefits out of it but um it Rodman will forever be part of the the yeah. Bulls legacy or and I always
2: always liked the fact every time I saw Dennis I'd be like okay what kind of hairstyle he got this time when I was younger I was like I want to see what type of hairstyle <laughs> yeah well you did you
3: look forward to what the dye oh, was yeah. gonna look like and then I felt yeah. like after Basco I was like oh now he's really up on the deep end with the dresses and and he was doing all that then and it was like oh he's eccentric but um yeah he could ball no one could deny him of that like he you know he could show you better. yeah he, he you know. in that defense. game that they
0: won that game that, six I mean he performed he hit some you know some jump shots some,
3: and some free throws because lord throw. knows he was probably one of the worst free throw players but he had defense right um, <laughs> but he hit them free throws and you could even see he was like yeah he like he was all proud of
0: himself but
2: he was clutch. Then, That's what we say. He was clutch. Yes, I there, yes. he was clutch. And Pippin was in pain during
0: that game. Well, too. and I, I'm glad that they, again, I'm glad they showed that about Pippin, because I think that really told the whole story of, you know, how much he was willing to sacrifice because I mean, to see him keep going back into the locker room, getting yeah. treatment just so that he could Crazy. come back onto the court for a few moments and be essentially and just a decoy but a then decoy that's delivered. what I was
3: like just to be a decoy but just I mean, a decoy, <laughs> it takes a lot of energy you got to run you got to yes because otherwise he obviously you know was a, a strong enough decoy that they felt like he was still a threat because you yes. know a players injured that's the first thing you do if they're still on the court you attack them you go toward them right like and yeah so yeah that was a huge sacrifice cuz i'd be like and his back at that right it wasn't like yeah. a, um you know a sprained ankle or your back right your whole mobility so um
0: he and took I mean, a first for the
3: team yeah
0: and he i mean he made a, like a couple of jump shots too like <laughs> i mean it's just
3: amazing when whole, you think about yeah. it yeah
0: cuz i I, I mean i haven't i haven't like had like you know serious back pain before but i've heard that's one of the most like you know uh, back pain is chronic terrible. levels of pain
1: so, so for him to
0: be playing <laughs> at that level
1: <laughs> uh, i've like, been felt anything like yeah bless him god bless so him.
2: one I thing we didn't go ahead know,
1: i'd like to know if they asked carl malone to participate because um, it seems like we we heard mm-hmm. every opponent the Bulls had, and Good we point. didn't hear from yeah, Paul
0: or John Stockton
3: did we? No, we did. We
0: heard from John Stockton. John Stockton, oh, yes, yes, was we featured, did. but Carl wasn't featured. I think. I mean, I and, and Carl was no, Carl close, was but. and they said Reggie Miller almost didn't do it because it's still really? kind of yeah, mm-hmm. uh, J- Jacoby who was J- his teammate. um uh, on the pacers when they were playing against the bulls he said yeah he actually like kind of called them and talked them into it because it still kind of stings you know for all the aforementioned <laughs> reasons you're um, the reason why i didn't get a ring and <laughs> so but yeah but obviously you guys are glad that he was <laughs> you all are glad he was a part of the special <laughs> well now um, that you're talk- yeah, and I- <laughs> <laughs> well it was certainly a, a beautiful story of basketball and uh one that took us over two hours to discuss <laughs> but- <laughs> i just want to say maybe- but it was 10 hours i mean 10 hours of 10 hours of pure adrenaline i
1: will say someone um a commentator said last night To add another level to Michael Jordan's greatness, he did all of that without social media, without Uh, Twitter. Yes, sure. He was able to reach the world, the globe. Yeah. His basketball skills through his personality, Um, obviously, commercials and all that. But, you know, when you saw the footage of him, in Paris and at the Olympics and mm-hmm. just That's the fun. world, yeah. just yeah, yeah. Yeah. The world, you know, admired him. And that was all just based on him playing basketball. It wasn't on, you know, I mean, when you talk about players today, would they have that same effect without the platforms that they have? And some of them still don't. well with
0: the platforms
1: they have
0: well it's kind of it's it's interesting you should bring that up because i feel like now when when players you know if they're not i guess you can say very um engaged on social media then the perception is just that they're you know very private um so Mm -hmm. someone like uh leonard who uh you know just won won a championship and MVP another MVP he doesn't have social media he doesn't and he doesn't really um talk to to the media much beyond, you know, just answering questions, et cetera, after games. So I actually really respect that, especially in our current age. Um, And, you know, whether, to be honest, whether it's the actual player posting or, you know, a social media manager, which I'm sure many of them have, um, Mm -hmm. but it's almost, it's just another form, I guess you would say, it's just another form of marketing um, today. Mm -hmm. So...
2: I just think this documentary was incredible because it showed the new, the new age that this is what we grow in the love back in the old age. Like, so the classics. So when we growing up and stuff like that, like we saw that we, we grew up to that. Like I remember I had like shirts and all that stuff. I remember going to the games and all that stuff. It just brought back so many memories. And till this day, I still think he's the go and it's hard to, Tell people nowadays this is the reason why he was as a goat because he never came out cocky. He just showed through his actions, and I think this documentary was like awesome. He didn't show just the good side; he showed the bad side. He showed everything. He had people that were the key people to interview to say all this stuff. So I think it was it was amazing, and I'm so glad that I saw it. And I would love to I'm gonna see it again. And I'm just yeah, Bravo.
3: Bravo, bravo, bravo! He's he's the greatest. Bravo! Yeah, and I think you know it. it, He doesn't have to justify or solidify or confirm or affirm. Like Jordan is Jordan. He's a household name. It is a brand. It's like Disney. It'll never go away. You know, our kids, kids, kids will know Jordan, um, Michael Jordan. But I think it was um, good to see how he didn't just do this alone. Like, yes, it was him, right, in his efforts, but. He um, was surrounded and built by a, an outstanding coach, right, and some really, play, like, key players that believed in him, um, and he believed in them. So I would think it was good to just see outside of just Jordan and, like, you know, this, everybody who surrounded who helped Jordan become Jordan because, again, without Scottie Pippen, I don't think Jordan or the Bulls franchise would be who they are and Dennis plays into that too, but Pippen was his wing man and made him who he is. Right. And um let's not underrate him. Uh, but it he was really good too. Yeah. It was really good, though, to just get some ex- the, just side perspectives, right, about um, the locker room banter and everything that happened beside, behind yeah. the scenes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate it on many levels, from a, as a parent, as a mom, as an athlete, as, you know, an individual. So I think it was uh, well done. So kudos. Good job, ESPN. It was very well done.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the day timely, work, right? And time. And hard work. I mean, yes. I think yeah. Body. that yeah. was, what was inspirational yeah. is that you can't get all of this without working hard and sacrifice.
0: right and right. that's what we did yeah. you know sacrifice determination the simple the plan. Simple yeah right well and, and even the you know to put the documentary together it was um filmed over the interviews anyway were filmed <sighs> over a two-year Ten, period yeah yeah and, yeah and, and and um the director talked about how between his first interview with jordan and his second it was 11 months so it's almost yeah. like a year later yeah you know, can you imagine
3: yeah. right <laughs> having to wait like yeah so you want to pick back up where we
1: left so, off right yeah well, kudos to everyone for having such great memories i mean the level of detail when they were retelling those stories yes. those incidents i'm not sure that you know, I can barely remember last Tuesday. Um, However, those were monumental moments, but even sometimes the smaller moments that they were talking about, wow, they're literally talking about it like it happened yesterday, you know, and that held the story. And I think that's what kept us engaged is that it wasn't, it wasn't vague and it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, they still had a passion. They still had clarity.
0: The director was sharing a story and he said when he's the second time he interviewed Jordan, he'd sent him, you know, like these kind of themes and, and topics and stuff like that, that he was going to go over with him. And he said, when they sat down, Jordan said, I didn't look like, I didn't look at what you sent me, but I'm an open book. Just ask me anything and I'll tell you. So
3: yeah. Oh, on that, what's probably what made it so great, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
3: <laughs> right. It wasn't scripted, right? It was just off Love the Love it. yeah so oh my god uh, judging okay can we rate at the at the closing of this can we just rate who we thought looked the best overall who has aged the most gracefully (laughs) out of everyone that was featured (laughs) everyone that was featured in the
1: oh wow okay top
3: top, if you have one a number one that'd be great but you're top two top two
0: Oh wow! Okay, I'll let I'll let Gina go first. <laughs> Who's
3: aged the most gracefully? Like and yeah, uh, uh, um,
2: <laughs> Michael Jordan and B.J. Armstrong. <laughs> um,
1: I'd say Reggie Miller. And mm, that's kind of hard. I mean, I I thought B J looked his age, to tell you the truth, and I didn't think Horace looked that good. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he doesn't look like Alonzo Mourning or someone, you know. Um, gosh, I'm. I'll just stick with Reggie Miller right now. I can't think of anyone else who was featured that, like, they. Let's just say they all looked good in terms of being oh, athletes absolutely and yes. their age. Yes, I, I know. Yeah. Yes, um, some of the uh, John Paxson, I didn't even recognize him. Me either. And I was like, <laughs> what "Is that? Hey, Look, it I mean, cracks. It cracks. Larry Bird. Ah. <laughs> uh
2: pat riley looked good though did you see pat riley pat great? riley
1: always looks good oh yeah. that's what i was like good. no one yeah phil jackson
3: no one named phil because i was gonna say reggie and and yeah okay, but phil i was phil. like okay phil i see you oh, little, you, yeah. be, you know doing burning your sage and <laughs> praying up to the indian yeah. gods
0: for me i would i would say at horace grant definitely reggie miller who we you know, just saw this week. Yes. But I mean, you can't deny that he has—he has not aged. And then <laughs> I would also say, and then I would also say, Phil Jackson. Like, okay, yes.
3: <laughs> that's what I was like. All right, you just got gray. It went from blonde to gray, but you still got them broad shoulders and still. Tall. Yeah, but yeah, I, girl, was, he, like, girl,
0: he's I was on his—he's on his ranch or whatever, in Montana Look, girl. girl I like, I living in best it? Life
3: living his best life but um yeah i was like wow they really do look really well uh all of them look
0: but they good. did i mean jordan looked good too you know i mean he. oh
3: i know he's a little yes them eyes though i was like somebody pass him some eye drops, pass <laughs> some eye drops. yes no he does of course he always has a you know swag I and he's jordan right like
2: he's i dead. love the ending yeah when it shows a document when he was younger and then yeah. now he exits out with his cigar I was like
3: yes oh, my boo yeah. just reflecting <laughs> yeah reflecting and yeah what's next
2: so yeah Every nba player once going to want to can you do something for me
3: well do you think well no, no I think Kobe they'll do a documentary on Kobe absolutely I think oh, yeah. Kobe
1: next and LeBron will have one about team um magic johnson they said is next he's they're working
3: oh well yeah i yeah i would
1: I will see that that. I would would
0: appreciate that too and Um, I know there's there's a lot of specials on ESPN plus that I kind of want to watch um so yeah yeah awesome they might hit us with an extra uh an extra episode of this I mean again the (laughs) the director didn't say yes Well, um, based yeah, off of the ratings,
3: no. I'm sure. Based off the ratings, you know they have enough footage. They probably be like bonus, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. bonus, yeah,
1: interview for or sure. something. Well, and this actually saved ESPN. <laughs> you know, it's true. Oh yeah, it bumped it up, yeah. right? Because there's I, no sports I, to play.
3: No sports is good for highlights. Yeah, yeah this I, and their I, new programming. But yeah, this definitely. Yes, gave them a little bit of breath back. Um, because they yeah, they're struggling financially. Y'all know that. They just been
0: struggling. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say if it hadn't been for this quarantine season that we're in, as much as I enjoyed watching the series, I'm not sure if I would have been able to like watch it live each, you know, like right. each Sunday evening, I may have, you know, been able to watch it on demand at some point, but, um, but yeah, it was really nice.
2: Because it's busy season. During this
0: time, it's busy season. So
2: I know I would have been busy. So I wouldn't be able to see it like I wanted to. This is like spring break, going into summer, and all that good stuff. So yeah.
1: it's perfect. definitely would not have been able to. Bless. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know and I'm like it's almost like the finals, right? Cuz you always look forward to the NBA oh, yeah. finals in June yeah. and I'm like <gasps> now what yeah. are we going to watch? I feel like that like I'm going to have witch all like now what are we going to
0: watch, watch on you Sunday? You can watch the last dance again.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean we we could 10 hours ago. but I would just binge it. I would not right. do it. I would
1: just uh, it. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm waiting for the next episode. Episode, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I yeah. know. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: Sunday. This is it this this was
0: is awesome. awesome. This was awesome. Oh yeah, that no, was great. Loved it. Well thank you ladies for an epic <laughs> chat about the last dance and as well as our quarantine queens and kings. I had a blast. Love
3: it. Thank you. We loved it. Thank you for featuring us. <laughs>
2: thank and you, Lajoy. This is awesome. joy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You are a
0: sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you to all of my queens and kings for joining me on these special quarantine edition bonus episodes. I hope that you've enjoyed reminiscing and celebrating the amazing and epic moments that have happened in our culture during this time. I also want to let you know that season three is locked and loaded and it's on the way. During our next season of Brown Girl Radiance podcast, we're going to be celebrating Brown Girls Abroad. So get your suitcases ready. Let's go. It's going to be such a fun adventure and I can't wait for you to meet and hear the stories of some truly dynamic and brilliant women. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, please share it with a friend so that we can continue to celebrate and shine together. Brown Girl Radiance Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Castbox, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. If you want to stay connected to Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. You can feel free to email me at Brown Girl Podcast at gmail.com.